How do you make thriving standard? Today's guest does it by empowering impact-driven entrepreneurs to live a life full of health, happiness, and sustainability. As the host of the Captain's Lifestyle podcast, our guest has interviewed experts in the field of biohacking, holistic health, business, and performance. And through his coaching program, The Captain's Lifestyle, he helps those leaders make thriving standard. He's got his own stories of adventure to tell, too. From his time growing up in California to his time in the military, living in Japan and Saudi Arabia. And after going through periods of sorting out his own mental health, his emotional health, his physical health, he's finally cracked the code on what it takes to live an optimal lifestyle and become the captain of his own life. The episode is full of tips and strategies from Taylor and myself on how you can optimize your lifestyle through the simple things like getting outside and spending more time in nature and in sunlight to nootropics and supplementation and different uh, ways that you can hack your biology and physiology. It's loaded with content, it's loaded with information, and it was a ton of fun to record. Please welcome to the show my friend Taylor Morgan. Um, so I, I live in the basement of a house and uh, my landlord upstairs, uh, his kids play the piano. Ah, and uh, that's what that is. Okay. Almost, I can't say every time, but very often when I hit record, he starts playing. Of course. And uh, I welcome it at this point. It's, it's, you know, it can be pleasant. Yeah, it is. It's nice. I wanted to ask you, man, um, what's, uh, what's your process like before recording a podcast? Like when you, when you're recording for your own podcast, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you do to prepare mentally? Hmm. Yeah, that depends a little bit, uh, on the guest, like if I'm just doing a podcast with like Phil and Sam, who you've met, Sam Johnston, um, like if I'm doing one with them, it's no preparation, just roll right into it. Yeah. And hit record and go. But if it's like, you know, somebody like Gary B, like when I had him on, there was a lot of preparation that went into that. I did a lot of homework, watched a lot of uh, videos of him talking podcasts, read his books, all the things. And then I did uh, a bunch of nootropics and uh, I timed it perfectly. So I, I created this perfect nootropic stack for optimal focus and memory and mental clarity and also stress reduction. Because mm. of course, interviewing somebody of that caliber for the first time, my nerves were up and I knew that would happen. So I timed it perfectly to where I was nervous about an hour before. And then as soon as I went to go sit down in the chair, like across from him, it was just like, it's like my, 
my world came into focus and it was like like just on Gary and I was just in the moment so I I timed it perfectly and it's interesting how um there are factors that affect our mental state going into certain like going into things like podcasting I'm sure for you is such a an easy thing but then when you add in the variable of you know somebody really well known it, it adds some stress and yeah so typically I'll do like for most guests I'll do my homework on them so if they have other podcasts that they've recorded I'll go listen to those if uh, they wrote a book, I'll read the book, you know, things like that. So I can come at it uh, from an educated standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm on my A game, this doesn't happen all the time, admittedly, like right before the podcast, I'll, uh, I'll do some nootropics. I really like uh, this specific stack that I have for verbal fluency and just better people skills, because I'm naturally an introvert. So mm-hmm. getting those balanced out the emotional intelligence aspect of it. Um, and then I'll, I'll do some breathing and like, you know, mindful meditation and focus on the conversation going well, and then dive into it from there. Cause I listen to guys like Tom Bilyeu, who is one of my favorite podcasters for his, his questions, like, because he does so much homework on his guests beforehand, he always mm. comes with, with such amazing questions. And many times the guests say like, wow, you really did your homework. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's when you're having guests on, it's making it all about them, like knowing things that they might've even forgot about themselves, you know, mm. so I like fun to, for me. I like to ask questions that people would not ordinarily get to answer. Yeah, I found that, you know, like, especially when you're interviewing someone who's been on a lot of podcasts. Um, Because if you want to know the basics, you know, you can listen to any other podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But but there's there's usually more to a person than uh, what's front and center in the headlines on social media or, you know, what they're talking about consistently, like they're they're one big hit or they're one big thing that everybody Mm -hmm. happens to know. And it's, and it makes it really fun when you get to like ask different questions, get to know a person at a different level. I find that like this, this is a relationship game, you know, podcasting and it's a skill. And, and I love that you gave that you walked through your um, process because um, of course it helps me. I'm, I'm, you know, getting better at this every day. I've done so many podcasts now and, uh, and also like, I, I imagine people listening they're you know, they walk into a room with some, somebody that they respect and they want, you know, they want to appear or look or feel like they could fit in or like they belong that imposter syndrome sets in. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things you can do consciously to prepare yourself for those moments, right? Like, uh, I, I especially like, um, just getting outside, getting uh my getting rid of distractions like Mm -hmm. um, grounding yeah grounding dude this morning actually why i thought about i thought about you and i was really excited to talk to you today because um i found i didn't find i've been to this place before but i went to this park earlier 
It's about a mile from my house. I, I drove there because I was out anyway and I just went pulled over and instinctively like I grabbed my my phone and my tripod and my little gimbal because it like steadies the camera. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll go record some some content. And I was like, wait a minute, let me just leave my phone in the car. <laughs> let me go enjoy nature for a moment, you know, and I took my coffee and uh, and just walked by the by the water, by the this bay that faces um, it faces the east it's on the west side of the bay. So we see the sunrise. Mm. and uh i was like i've been i've been really looking for a reason to like get up early and um have something to do so i think what i'm going to start doing is get up at like 5 a.m and run there because it's only a mile do some uh do some like tai chi or even bring my mace and swing it around and Mm. get some sun in that it's even if it, just for the purpose of like giving myself a reason to get up and move and start. I love that, that ritualistic experience. Cause it puts you into a certain headspace. You win the morning, you win the day, right? Tim Ferriss. That's a, that's a practice of yours that I, oh, yeah. that I admire. Right. I see you like swinging around your hedge, your sledgehammer lately. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fun, man. Yeah. Get some interesting looks running downtown with that to the parking garage, but I'm, I've embraced being the weirdo now. <laughs> weirdo or uh, maniac. Yeah. But I think if you were yes. doing that at like and... one in the morning, it'd be different, but because it's like <laughs> 5am, they assume you're just a crazy fitness guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if it was 1 a.m they'd think you're gonna steal something <laughs> yeah man that's me on halloween we go hard <laughs> on halloween my family oh yeah like we dress up full costume full makeup we make our whole house a haunted house decorations and uh, i'm usually like this crazy clown guy running around with the sledgehammer screaming making scary noises chasing people it's it's my favorite holiday See, I like, I like Halloween for the jokes and like the pranks and the fun, but it seems like you're just trying to scare people. I love to terrorize <laughs> innocent little kids and hear their screams. Their screams of terror fill my love tank. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the one night that it's actually acceptable, right? Yeah. Or also you're just a fucking weirdo, you know, which I already am, but that's, okay. that's, that's well-established. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, I mean, look, look at what the fuck Martha's wearing. Yeah, I want to ask, like, where'd you procure that thing? Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what yard sale did you find? That? <laughs> yeah, no, that is um, shout out to Danny Cole. He's an artist and uh, he created a pretty well-known NFT series called Creature World. And that's um, uh, that's some of his merchandise. And so I saw it at VCon, which is, mm. you know, Gary V's big NFT conference. Um, I saw it there and I didn't get a chance to to get one, but I saw it and I was like, I knew that I needed it. And so I bought one after. How was VCon? It was good. What was, that, what was the highlight for you? Honestly, the highlight was hanging out at uh, Phil Welch's house, aka the Waken Ranch mm. with uh, Sam and, and Zeb um 
you don't know Zeb, but you'd you'd get along just fine. It's you know all the same group of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his house is great. All every single light bulb in his house is red. Like there's no artificial blue light. It's incredible. Uh, tons of uh, wilderness, um, ice bath, hot tub, red lights, good stuff. But in terms of the actual conference itself, uh, meeting people, mm-hmm. making connections. I connected with Troy Casey. Uh, he's at Certified Health Nut on Instagram. He also has this crazy sweater, as we're both crazy guys. Um, so yeah, just meeting a bunch of cool people. Uh, Coach Jeremy, Jeremy Abramson, uh, really into microdosing and you know not giving a fuck what people think about you. So it was cool to finally connect with him in person. We've been chatting on Instagram. Uh, and this is with everything, you know, you mentioned being a podcaster, it's all about relationships. That's why I love going to these in person, you know, conferences, events, whatever, is for the relationships and the connections that you make with people. And a lot of times people ask me like, like, oh, what are you trying to get out of out of the connections? Like, I, this is why I don't like the term networking. It's like, it, it, it implies that there's some it's net playing ulterior motive behind it. And it's like, why can't we just know each other to know each other? Like, I don't have to want anything from you. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, I want to give as much as I can to you. I don't, I don't need anything from you, <clears throat> you know? So it's just making these cool connections. That was definitely the, the best part. There's a lot of, you get a lot of joy out of that, man. Mm. As I've, I'm, I'm, I'm you, you describe yourself as an introvert and I have too, you know, I've, um, definitely experienced introvertedness throughout my life and I realized like that's a that's a gift because with the people that I do like to socialize with like I'll go all in I'll I'll give everything Mm. and uh and I realized how important that is versus a strong coach was so fun yeah because a bunch of like-minded dudes all hanging out talking recording cool podcasts (laughs) (laughs) making stuff happen man yeah i sent you that recording by the way Mm -hmm. did you did you get to listen to it i listened to like the first five minutes yeah (laughs) when you said when you said i have something to tell you guys (laughs) it's like i'm reading a book and then there's a pause and i was like congratulations (laughs) good job matt yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you eating by the way? I just finished my um my blueberries. Oh, nice. I finished my blueberries yesterday. These are blackberries from Blackberry. our bush out back. Nice really to good. grow them there. Yeah. And we we um <clears throat> spray them with a bunch of glyphosate too, so they're free of pesticides mm. or they're free of uh, pests and and all that stuff. We just we love glyphosate here. How uh how sarcastic was that <laughs> all the way up i was all uh when i was at that park before there was there was a raspberry bush i didn't even realize it and i saw this woman picking off the this you know pretty tall bush and i get closer i'm like oh there's raspberries here and i had no idea that they grew like in my area we get i've seen blueberries i've seen wild blueberries and we i've mm. tried growing some of my own but it's uh it's not favorable mm. usually I love fucking love blueberries. Oh man. They're, they're so good. <laughs> I eat blueberries. Like it's my job. 
that's going to be like my new podcasting. I'm going to have a, a carton of blueberries every time <laughs> I do a podcast. That and the decanter as well. Those are like my signatures. Yeah. Except today we've got a gallon of raw milk. So are you drinking the whole gallon? No, no, I'm just, I'm just drinking the rest of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we met the day we met, we were sitting at lunch and we were talking with uh, Sam and Lindsay about raw milk and like mm. the gallon, like drinking a gallon of raw milk a day, which I think Sam said he's, he's tried. I have drank a gallon a day. It, this wasn't raw. This was like back you know, in high school and I was just, Oh, that's to, right. To yeah. gain weight. And I didn't even know about, you know, quality nutrition, but yeah, it's crazy that raw milk is illegal in some States in most States, actually yeah, we, California we is one of the only here. States that it's legal. I was really surprised when I learned that we can't, and we can't get it here unless you know someone. Yeah. That's crazy. I just, uh, one of my friends, uh, coincidentally, um, he, he, he acquires other plant goods, um, he, he started a company recently sourcing organic foods and raw milk and things like under that. the table, raw milk under the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got any of that raw milk for me? <laughs> it's wild how you need that. You need to do that here. That's fucking crazy. Um, and a lot of it is because the like producers, manufacturers of dairy products have you know, made it so they've, they've dominated the market and they want to keep that. They want to keep it that way. Of course. Um, I'm they, shocked that in <laughs> California, it's legal. You would yeah. think in California, it would be illegal. They are. They are a little more progressive. In some ways. Yeah. In not the greatest ways. <laughs> what's it like living there, man? Like what are there? That's what's amazing. The, what are the positives? Uh, the fucking actual nature of California. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. You like grew up the, there, right? Yeah. You got, you go up north, you got the beautiful redwoods. You got like Lake Tahoe, which is fucking gorgeous. Mount Shasta is fucking beautiful. And then you've got like the desert, um, like 29 Palms area which isn't my personal favorite. Uh, and then you've got places like Joshua tree um, and uh, a lot of snow too, like mammoth um, and they Tahoe. Get, they get some of the most snow in the, in the country mammoth. Yeah. So great place to shred. Uh, and then also of course the beaches yeah. We're all obviously famous for our beaches. I love how diverse California is, man. Every time I travel there, we, we tend to drive a lot. So, we, you know, um, I think every trip, every time I've been to California, it's involved some time spent in Sonoma or Napa because mm. I love, I love wine, wine. Yep. And honestly, the, the, like the, the, it's so picturesque. I can't even describe it with words. It's pretty, um, the, the rolling Hills and those funky trees, you know, mm -hmm. with the, uh, mixed with like the mist coming over the from the ocean it's nice it's like a different climate than, than i get to experience here so it's really cool and then yeah. obviously all the national parks like some of my favorite places on earth man yeah let me know next time you're here because i'm only about like 90 minutes from napa nice a little for yeah. a little further south right uh yeah uh let me 
trying to picture where Napa is. Might be north. It's like northeast of uh, San Francisco. Napa is? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm north of Napa, I believe. Oh, you're, so you're pretty far north. Yeah, I'm about an hour south of Sacramento. Okay, gotcha. Nice. What was it like growing up around all that, man? Like, did, was that, was it part of your um, day-to-day, your lifestyle, your, you know, weekend adventures to go and visit places around you? What, like wine related? No, I mean, California is so diverse when it comes to the terrain and, mm. you know, the options for adventure. Yeah, um, not as much as I would have, have liked to. Um, I mean, we traveled for baseball. Yeah, because I played baseball all growing up, and so that consumed most of our travel time. Uh, we would take trips to the beach, uh, like Aptos and um, Santa Cruz specifically. Uh, we'd go there a lot because that's the closest beach to us, or at mm-hmm. least the closest, like big, well-known beach. Yeah, um, and I love it there. Santa Aptos Cruz is, is awesome. Yeah, that's, I would live there for sure. Because yeah. you got the beach and you've got the, the redwoods, like forests, mm-hmm. and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So you, you spent some time, like, mostly traveling for baseball. When, yeah. What, you told me last time we spoke that one of your values was adventure. Indeed. Where did that start for you? <sighs> Good question. I, I mean, I think it was just innate in me because as long as I can remember, uh, I've got like a board, kind of like a vision board, like an, yeah. an introduction board of me as a little kid that I made for like, I don't know, second grade or something. And on like the thing that says, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to be an explorer like Indiana Jones. Mm. So I had always been obsessed with like, you know, exploring and treasure hunting and finding cool unknown places uh i'm still fascinated by that that's why i love the ocean so much because there's so much we don't know all this Mm -hmm. unexplored territory these weird creatures um and yeah i've just always loved nature and animals so i can't pinpoint it to anything i think i was just born that way and that's manifested how like the, you, you obviously live this lifestyle, the captain's lifestyle, and that I can definitely see the, uh, the exploration factor in that. But how else do you find yourself exploring? <clears throat> yeah, still don't do it as much as I would like to. <laughs> once that's, that's obviously the goal, you know, once I can get uh, my business automated and to where I can kind of do it wherever and do mobile podcasts there will be a lot a lot more exploring and traveling um and you know almost everything i do is centered around is it good for mother nature like is this sustainable Mm -hmm. all of my buying decisions like this this piece of clothing here is the first piece of clothing that i've bought like i can't even remember like i don't buy new clothes Um, And if I do, they're from sustainable brands, like uh, all of my food choices, 
Um, always looking for certified B cores, 1% for the planet, like reducing plastic, um, picking up trash on my morning walks. Like everything I do is to preserve the beauty of mother nature so we can all enjoy it. You're really aiming to leave an impact, it seems. To hashtag make thriving standard. Right. And what I mean by that is a world where humans and mother nature thrive synergistically. I was, when I was um, out yesterday on a trail run, um, I remember running and kept getting like, kept having like SWAT bugs out of the way. And like, I ran through a spider web, which is the worst mm. thing ever, right? When, it's you, fun. when you do it and then you're like, running. at least you're not in Australia. Cause then they're actually like fucking big spiders. Oh man. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons I'm, I'm afraid of Australia, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remembered like doing this and I'm running and I'm, I just, I'm thinking to myself, um, they're not bothering me. I'm not bothering them. We're just living like we're coexisting like me and the, the bugs, the spiders, they don't want anything to do with me. So why am I getting so worked up? Yep. You know, literally i if you watched me i look like i'm i probably look like a fool i'm just like <laughs> swatting my hands everywhere and you know i'd stop and be slapping myself it's really funny yeah. meanwhile they're just landing on me and you know flying away or i'm in their way a lot of times i you know this is like an existential crisis that i had um when i realized how small we are in the world and how much of an impact we can have on others and other things, other people, even though we, you know, we're so tiny in the universe relative, yeah. right? but we can still have this impact, you know, we yeah. can still make change. Yeah. That, that's a cool thing to think about. Mm -hmm. I remember um, when we were at, when we were at the strong coach summit, you were telling me about your time learning to scuba dive in Japan. Mm. Mm -hmm. That, that, that got me excited. I don't know why I, was, I just thought of that. Yeah. Have you been? No. Scuba diving. Oh, I've been scuba diving. Yeah. Yeah. I've only gone in uh, Jamaica though. Nice. Which when, you know, for scuba diving, especially if you're just learning, I imagine is, like the best possible place because the water is like 75 degrees. I didn't have to wear a, um, I didn't have to wear wet, a wetsuit at all, you know, 40, 50 feet down. And, uh, and you can see hundreds of yards in every direction. Wow. It's like amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. What was that like for you though? Like, um, learning how to do that in Japan. And that's when you were serving or right? you're in the Marine. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was uh, like the highlight of that deployment was getting scuba certified. Uh, and I haven't been since. No? <laughs> so I haven't made use of the, uh, the certification. But uh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. Um, I actually, if I can pull them up over here. What was actually the, got what was the reasons? Oh, I those are up. bottles you found? Yeah, while scuba diving. So that's cool. Yeah, it was uh, the water is super clear there as well. Probably yeah. not as clear as Jamaica, but uh, it was pretty cool. Another thing I found on the beach was a uh, 
a pin from a grenade. So if you can see, I've got a, a grenade yeah. up here and it's, so this little pin thing comes off after you throw the grenade. Yeah. And I found one of those, like a old rusted one on the beach. And this is in Okinawa, yeah. Japan, where there was a lot of fighting during World War II. So I thought that was pretty cool. What was the reason for diving? Like, why were you, why were you learning? Was it part of a training for something? Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Marine Corps related at oh. all. It was just for fun. It was <laughs> something to do. Yeah. Did you have, did you have a lot of time when you were out there to do things like that? Like explore the, the country or get to um, see things? Yeah. I didn't really explore the country much. Um, Cause again, back then I didn't have the mindset that I do now. Yeah. So we just went to the, you know, basic places that were all, just where all the Marines went. So nothing yeah. like actual, I guess, local experience. Um, but yeah, we had it. We had a decent amount of time. A lot of time we were doing nothing. Mm. Just kind of there. <laughs> While you're working or like during your off hours? I mean, no, yeah, technically we're working, but yeah. in the Marine Corps, at least when you're infantry, which I was, I was a machine gunner. You're either fucking busting your ass like out in the field or you're sitting in your room playing video games, mm. jerking off like it's uh, it's a lot of nothing time and yeah. it's a lot of bullshit time. And what I mean by that is like just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. You know, like if they see we're all doing nothing, they'll try to like make something up. It's like, okay, go do this. And yeah. then like no, no reason behind it, you know. Yeah, it keeps keeps you on your toes, I'm sure. <laughs> it keeps you frustrated, <laughs> is what it does. <laughs> it keeps you only serving four years. That's what it does. You think that's what we big... talked about on our last podcast, the the leadership issue in yeah. the Marine Corps that I experienced wasn't real leadership. Yeah, it's it it seems that way. And most people I've known who have gone into the Marines did it for, um, you know, as a last resort reason. It wasn't like their dream. Hmm. So people are going into this already with the mindset of like, I don't want to do this. I'm just doing it for a paycheck or I'm just doing it because so I avoid, you know, being a drug addict at home like, <laughs> or getting into trouble. So like, look at the majority of the people going into the, into service. I don't know if it's the majority. Um, I, I don't true. know many That's people true. like that yeah. because in, in infantry, yeah. like you're joining to go to war. Mm -hmm. If you're in the infantry, you're joining to go fuck shit up. Yeah. And so everybody wants to be there in the beginning, at least, uh, in the other jobs. Cause you know, you say you're in the military, but you could have most people in the military have just like a regular desk job. Yeah. You know, they're like admin, but they just do it in the military. Wearing a uniform. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so a lot of people do that you've seen, right. Do have, uh, they're, they're going into it so they can get job training or what, well, at least all of my friends, cause everybody yeah. I know is infantry. Mm -hmm. Right. So we all joined for that singular purpose, but absolutely. There's guys who, um, <clears throat> like if you're an immigrant and you don't have your green card and you join 
the military, I believe that's a way to get huh. your green card. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot of people who, you know, join the military because that was like one of their only options because they were going down a, a bad path. And, you know, so the, the military seemed like a, a good, safe, hmm. stable option. How would you describe the, the leadership, like from your perspective, um, from an infantry perspective? Yeah, and this is, this is just my personal experience. Of course, it's going to be yeah. different for every unit, you know, every, you know, different times and people and leaders. But my experience was that it, it was more of a, a tyrannical sort of dictatorship, more do as I say, just because I say so. Yeah, because I have a higher rank than you. And if you don't do it, then you're going to get in trouble. So a lot of times for these, you know, mundane tasks, I would ask, like, why are we doing this? You know, and nobody ever wanted to answer the why It's just shut up and do it. You know, that's just what you're supposed to do is shut up and do it. And I was not having any of that. So I was like, I was the, the rebel or like the, the shit bag of the group guy who always questioned everything like is there a better way to do this why are we doing this this way you know things like that and it was always yeah just shut up and do it i'd like to take a quick break in this episode to remind you that fit for adventure our leadership adventure retreat is happening in just a couple of weeks in beautiful summit county colorado we are hiking on a 14,000 foot mountain. We are mountain biking through the wildflower covered high country and going pretty deep into the mind of an entrepreneur. You'll be doing some, uh, some work on yourself through these experiences and learn a lot about how you can lead by example. You're going to be challenging yourself and you will definitely walk away with the most unforgettable experiences and memories, lifelong friendships, and a fire lit underneath you going into the rest of this year. And, oh man, you're gonna be talking about this for your life. That is my, my intention, and I am, uh, I'm, I'm super excited. We've got just a couple of spots left that I'd like to get full, and you're invited. Join me. Let's do this. Visit mysummit.academy slash retreat or shoot me a message on Instagram. That is Matt underscore G32. And let's get you in. Now enjoy the rest of the show. What, what drove you to do that, to question everything? I think that's... Yeah, good question. Um... Had you been like that when you were younger? Like, were you someone that questioned so. authority? And yeah, not necessarily authority, but just reasoning behind doing what we're doing. Because I, I'm a natural leader, mm -hmm. and real leadership, there is a reason behind every decision that you make. Yeah. And so, as a natural leader, I was, I guess affirming or trying to affirm their leadership trying to understand why we're doing what we're doing because well the reason why is is a motivator it motivates people to because they exactly. understand like you add yeah. a because like do this because 
and people that's what i was just gonna say like any real leader knows that in order to get your team on board yeah they have to either be in on the process of creating the plan or know the exact why and reason behind it then they'll do it enthusiastically instead of how i spent the majority of my time in the marine corps was doing it because if i didn't i would get in trouble but doing it reluctantly and with a grudge do you think that was part of your mindset though like a priest uh supposition that you had about the military or was it were you really experiencing no my my mind leadership my mindset was going into it was that the marine corps is the fucking best branch yeah and Mm -hmm. we're a fucking bunch of badass like super soldiers and Mm -hmm. i was unfortunately disappointed when i got there and i saw the caliber of specifically physical fitness Mm. that these other guys had in the infantry too which is you know the ones who are actually fighting the wars who should be pretty good at physical fitness and so i was disappointed uh in that aspect um and yeah of course there are amazing leaders in the marine corps uh and all military branches i just didn't experience that at uh, my level because most of the guys who were in you know direct control of us were 22 23 you know something like that they just got back from their first deployment Mm. they're not trained to be leaders they're just these big egotistical dudes who think they're all hot shit because they went on one deployment now they get to Mm -hmm. come back and yell at these new guys right it's it's interesting to consider how like timing and uh, luck plays a factor because you you might have been a person who would have made a great marine you know had you been uh given you know good leadership or had you been under what you could call good leadership you might have been a person who would have you know carried on you know much longer in the in the service yes and i don't want to blame it all right. on poor leadership because of course well, I've, I'm, that's I'm saying on it's me luck. For... I'm, I'm blaming it on luck you know in a lot of ways like yeah you well make the choices so... you can put yourself there but oftentimes like it's luck of the draw of who like you get to work with and, and timing is everything yeah so, so knowing what I know now if I were to go back and do it it would be a completely different situation mm-hmm. because I know now that I can create my own reality and yeah. while I can't directly control how they treat me or how they act or whatever i can control my response to that yeah right and so by me being a leader even if i'm not technically in like a leadership position that is going to make things so much better right as opposed to just you know oh fuck this fuck that fuck you (laughs) you know that's how i was there's a there's like a a self-realization that you that you are a leader every everybody is regardless of your title your rank, whatever leadership is something you have to have in order to have like influence. Like we talked about last time, influence, inspiration, um, inspiration, either way. Yeah. But, but when you're, when you're leading, you are definitely influencing people. Right. And, and in order to do that, you, you need to take ownership first and learn how to, you know, learn how to apply leadership skills to yourself. It's leading by example. Mm-hmm. Our friend, um, our friend Chase said to me once we did a podcast a while back and he said, he, I bring my, I bring my energy into the room. So that's taking full ownership over like his experience and even other people's experience. Like if, if someone's trying to turn off, like turn off a switch on you, 
right? You could help them, you know, turn their switch, right? Mm -hmm. Turn, turn things around. If someone's bringing you down, instead, you can help bring them up, right? Shine your light so bright that it can't be dimmed. When did you learn that lesson? Just recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, I would say over the past six months and I'm, it's still being ingrained every single day. You know, the more that I show up as my full authentic self, not giving a shit about what somebody's thinking of me carrying a sledgehammer mm -hmm. down the street or doing Qigong shirtless in my front yard, like just me being me living the human experience and enjoying it. Mm -hmm. That is one of my greatest gifts to the world. It, that's one of everybody's greatest gifts to the world is stop caring about all these external things. And if people are judging you or this and that, and just live how you want to live. Because one of the problems that we're facing as a society is everybody's, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are doing things to please other people that they don't even like, you yeah. know, and they're not showing up as, as themselves and they're suffering. And therefore the people around them are not experiencing their full presence. It is such a burden to, if it feels like such a burden to like carry that to think you have to be a certain way, to not show up as yourself. It, it's- and, It can be exhausting. I, I was writing, um, I was writing yesterday and I wrote this like thought down that I used to, I used to do that. I used to overcomplicate a lot of things in my life, in my work, in my, even my coaching, in my everything, right? I would overcomplicate everything. And I would try really hard to live up to an expectation that I thought someone else had over me. Right. Mm. And my, I thought I was being virtuous. I thought I was, um, by being able to handle all of this, I was uh, absolving other people. I was carrying the burden mm. and I thought I was being humble by doing it. Meanwhile, I was, I was, um, I was skirting responsibility, right? Yeah. Overcomplication, overcomplicating things and um, trying too hard. It just, it just procrastination. It's a, it's a way of getting out of doing the work, you know, mm. going inside. Mm. You, uh, I'm glad I'm another reason I'm glad we get to talk today because I'm curious how your fast went your your week-long break from uh, stimulating behaviors yeah uh went well uh i will be doing it again uh in like the coming week i'm going on a uh like a high performance entrepreneurship mastermind with the creator of the happy hustle my main man carrie jack where he's taking a bunch of dudes uh, like six, seven, eight figure uh, earners only out into the Montana wilderness well, where we will be hiking out like 10 miles, um, camping out there, like no electronics, no service whatsoever, just real camping. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so it, it was good. I, I took eight days off of caffeine, nicotine, marijuana, nootropics, alcohol, um, gluten 
I still haven't had any gluten. Um, and yeah, it was good. Uh, and I think everybody needs to do this. Most people need to take a caffeine detox. Mm. You know, the, the phrase America runs on Duncan. <laughs> Unfortunately true. Most people, yeah. yeah, most people wake up and they're, they don't feel like themselves until they have that cup of liquid cortisol yeah. right, coursing through their veins. And that's a problem. Like if you rely on any substance to make you feel a, a certain way, people treat it like a mood stabilizer, man. And, but it's actually the opposite. It's a destabilizer. <laughs> yeah. It, it should be used as like a nice bonus. You know, yeah. you should wake up feeling really good. And then if you want to use it as like what it's supposed to be used for, like a, a nootropic or a performance enhancer, it can be that extra boost. But having coffee shouldn't be your baseline, right? Yeah. I think um, people gravitate toward that. I definitely used to. I used to like run for that first cup of coffee in the morning because mm -hmm. I felt like shit because I barely, I didn't sleep well. and. And that's now like understanding like all the work you could do to uh, prioritize sleep. Mm. I can wake up, I can wake up naturally and feeling good without running to the coffee pot, you know, now it's like, right, I'm going to make my coffee, but I'm going to take my time and I'm going to drink water first and yeah. take a walk, get some sunshine. And, uh, and then did my my coffee with like a tablespoon of butter all blended up that's it, it hits the spot yeah and then it's a nice even energy spread out it, it should be a nice to have not a need yeah. to have yeah it's pleasant now yeah so so what's the biggest difference you noticed in yourself when you were not taking when you were not using these uh mind-altering substances mm. I was less productive, that's for sure, because like these nootropics are no joke. <laughs> you know, like there's a, there's a reason I, I promote them so much and that I take them is because they really work. And that's the point. Like you want to be more productive, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I was um, less productive, um, but it was good to go find that that baseline again, because you can absolutely overdo it with nootropics, just like yeah. you can with caffeine and nicotine. And that's what I felt like. I was doing, I felt like I was overdoing it just to find that baseline mm -hmm. uh, productivity and feel good. And I found that I was using these external substances. And I was like, okay, this is a problem. I need a reset. And it yeah. takes seven to 10 days to reset your adenosine receptors, which is what mm -hmm. caffeine acts on. Um, so yeah, then once you reset the baseline and you go back to it, then it's like, okay, now it's a performance enhancer. Now it's not just bringing me back up to mm -hmm. normal baseline. You, you said you were less productive and I'm curious how you can measure that. Like what is, what do you consider more productive and, and productive how? Ability to focus yeah. specifically because I'm very much a visionary. And yeah. so I've got a lot of ideas and, and things I want to implement and do and content I want to create in my head. And I'm not very proficient at integrating yeah, a lot of these ideas. So I'm, I'm looking for an integrator, somebody who can help do a lot of the back end work that's required for me to grow my brand and my business, right? I just want to be, you know, 
the face of it, you know, doing all the content, doing all the talks, going to these in-person events, hand the content off to somebody else. They do all the techie <laughs> tweaks to it. Yeah. And then, so that's what I'm looking for. And so for me, it's difficult to sit down and stay focused on yeah. some of this backend work. So that's what I mean by that. So, so you find that that helps you get the busy work done, like the, the detailed work. Nootropics do 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious too, like that it's definitely useful in that case. And it's, I, th I think it's also really productive to not do anything sometimes. Yes. Right. Cause you, if you're a visionary, well, that's a part of your job too, or that's part of your business. And it's a really crucial part. Um, so you have to give yourself the opportunity to step back and, and do the, what I call visioning, uh, the, the visionary work, which usually involves laying down and staring into the sky. Um, <laughs> yep. we're going for long walks on the beach or something. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, not that's, what I mean. Productive. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not what I mean by not being productive. Cause that absolutely yeah. is productive work. And, um, I've noticed in myself, like I go through these cycles and it's funny because I've been noticing like, uh, certain times of the, the month I will experience, uh, lulls in my productivity, right. Where there's days and days and period. days. What's that? You on your period? Yeah, I think so, man. There's <laughs> there's like days where I can go hard and I'm like on point with all of my tasks. And um, you know, one thing that's that's been consistently challenging for me is social media, like using the stories, engaging with people. Um, I find it really uh exhausting. Hmm. So like sometimes interesting. So when I when I you know, I'll do that for days or weeks straight. And then I'll, I'll get into a lull where I just disappear. And all I want to do is like lay down and all I want to do is nap or separate detach as I like to mm. teach. Um, you have to detach from like your normal, but, but observing this, like I can, I can be an observer of my lifestyle now. So mm -hmm. I can, I'm able to step back and say, well, this happens in like the third week of the month, usually. Um, I wonder if it times with, uh, moon phases, but that's another conversation. <laughs> that's if you're a girl, <laughs> Matt, is there something that you need to tell me? Dude, we have, we have hormones too. <laughs> yeah. But it's with the rise and fall of the sun Yeah, for men, we're on a 24 hour cycle. Okay. So, I mean, I don't, that's not to say that this <laughs> couldn't be the case for you. I mean, who knows? I, th I think, um, and I've, I've done minimal research on this. I'm, I wanted, I'm going to do more. Um, I do believe that um, men also can shift, right? They go, there's patterns, there's cycles, and it has something to do with, with the, with magnetism of the earth energy. I don't know, or it's, and, and this is a, this is a fact, um, dopamine spikes, there's going to be an equal and opposite, right? Effect. So when, when you have like a surge of energy, right. Of dopamine and um, adrenaline, there's going to be a, a dip that is usually um, of equal length or equal intensity. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe we should combine forces.
because social media is my bread and butter. Oh yeah. That's why I, I love doing that. I, you know, creating content, replying to DMS. I see. I, I do reply to all my DMS. I finally got through all of them because I took a week off, um, of social media and yeah. no DMS during that time. And then I came back and it was just <laughs> overwhelming. Uh, so I finally <laughs> just finished getting through all of them. Uh, uh, so I, I do reply to them and that's, that's how you're going to build community. Yeah. Like that's, that's how the brain is going to grow mm. slowly, but surely. Yeah, man. It's something I, it's, I definitely started doing, but again, I get these like highs and lows is I'll, go and follow people or I'll talk to people who, you know, we share common interests and, and it just gives me an opportunity to, honestly, this is the way I'm approaching it. I just want to meet more people. I love having conversations. I love like getting to do this. So um, yeah, my, my, my push on social media lately has been that has been finding people who, uh, share interests with me, whether it's um, health practices or uh, adventure, some sort of like um, travel related thing, like those, those things like light me up and I can talk all day about it too. Right. Is that your approach to you? Like try to find people you can start a conversation with or, or start a relationship with based on something based on like a common interest. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes less so now. Mm-hmm. Um, now I imagine you have more people coming to you. Yeah, and I'd like to. There are absolutely some connections that I make uh, through Instagram, like Phil Welch. He's, he's an example of a guy I met through Instagram. Uh, Sam, uh, I, I think we were talking through Instagram first before we met at Strong Coach. Um, and yeah, I've some of my uh, really good friends yeah. are, come from social media and we haven't even met yet, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know, cool to, to talk with like-minded people like that. And then of course, when you actually meet in person, that just like 10 X is the connection. Dude, it was, it was so awesome getting to do that. And Chase, I, for example, Chase yeah. uh, hit me up on Instagram. So that's how yeah. we came in contact. Oh, really? That's how I came in contact with the whole and lifted crew. So yeah, social media is, it can be an amazing tool if you use it properly. I love that. I made a post like a while back months ago about how to use social media as a vision board and to like change your personality or change behaviors. And it's so simple because the algorithm works a lot like your brain works, your reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. So if you manipulate like who you follow, what you like, what you engage with, it's going to show you more of that. And yeah, and if you if there's something you need to change, it was actually really cool. I started talking to to someone. Um, he randomly followed me because of a, a workout post I made a while back, and we got to talking and he had just created this profile to follow inspirational people or, you know, things that would help him in his journey. And I thought that was awesome because, you know, this is someone who in his external environment, like outside social media and outside his own mind, you know, he's suffering. There's, uh, you know, stress around him, 
you know, anxiety and things like that. So it's hard. And the influences around him, like the people he surrounds himself with are not good influences, right? They're keeping him stuck. And, uh, and when he told me, or when he showed me this, or I, I recognized that he was using social media for like, good. It gave me like, it gave me some insight to what's possible here. Yeah, man. People always say social media is so negative, but it really just depends on you <laughs> it does. and how you use it. Like you don't have to follow those negative accounts. Yeah. You can unfollow them. And if it's a family member, I think there's an option to like mute them. So you just don't <laughs> see their posts. Uh, and so you can do that. And then also start following uh, accounts that give you motivation that uh, yeah. give you drive and you know something to work towards and support those accounts by liking commenting saving the yeah. post and sharing it to your story so that way the algorithm knows that's what you want to see more of yeah and then you start to see more of that and less of the negativity and then it becomes amazingly positive yeah suddenly you're like you're the one quoting inspirational instagram quotes to your friends <laughs> Instead of reposting some <laughs> negative story that you saw on the news, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that happens more on, on like Facebook though. And I have trouble with Facebook. I know it's useful. Like the groups function is really useful, but I have a lot of, I have a hard time going on there because the things you read are so argumentative. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's actually hilarious. I, I went into a, a Facebook group once for, um, for climbing. And I made a post because I was like, I was doing some client interviews um, from one of my programs. And uh, some of the responses I got were like obnoxious. Like all, all I posted was, um, hey, I'm thinking of climbing this mountain, Denali, in, in a year, next year. Anyone got any tips? They're just starting a conversation. And people are like, if, you if you're asking that question, you're not ready. You don't belong here. And I'm asking for advice, like simply you could respond, like, what's your biggest piece of advice? Like, instead of immediately going to the negative, immediately um, dis, uh, what's, what's the word here, right? Discarding mm -hmm. or disregarding what, what I, my interest or my curiosity, people jump to, jump to conclusions on Facebook. Yeah. It's like the four minute mile, <laughs> you know, everybody thought it was impossible. Yeah until somebody did it. And then right. once somebody did it, then a whole bunch of other people started doing it. So people will always try to tear you down because they haven't done it yet, or they yeah. don't think that it's possible or that they wouldn't be able to do it. I've gotten that so, so much, man. I've gotten heard from people. And this is over the last few years, um, the last 10 years or so, you know, playing entrepreneur and playing business, business owner. Um, hearing from people like you can't do that <laughs> or that that's not how it's done <laughs> you're not following the rules right yeah you're not following the rules you know that's not fair to everyone else things like that have you ever read um have you read the book atlas shrugged i have not no oh man it is uh i i encourage you to put that high on your list man it's um, well known as one of the most influential uh, books on uh, on our culture or describing our culture it takes us it takes a stand at like uh, capitalism and how 
there's uh, manipulation in the government to like push people toward uh, a certain way of living so they can you know maintain order and control and then like the real capitalists the sovereign thinkers are um, you know yes they want to make money and also they're the ones driving the economy driving society forward really interesting man really great book um, but they were talking about I'm, I'm halfway through it it's like a thousand pages it's really big um yeah they were talking about how um man what, what was the thought we were just on remind me where were we <laughs> and what, what you recommend that book <laughs> why did i recommend that book it's too there's so many like messages going through my head with that um anyway shoot I, yeah i don't remember anyway it's there's a part where i realized like how fucked we are <laughs> there's a part i realized when like reading the book um it's in three chapters and each chapter is like three a few hundred pages um yeah toward the end of the third the, the first chapter i realized like you know everything that happened during the pandemic covid like all the all the ways that we're manipulated into thinking certain things or behaving a certain way um simply because it's easier to keep people under control than to allow allow change to happen and uh it's it's easier for us to um limit um limit growth sometimes because it there too much change is possible and if there's too much change right it causes chaos and it's hard to control chaos right from a government perspective mm -hmm. man i don't know how we got on that topic but my brain went there it's still there i love it no, I <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's it's important to talk about. I don't know if we should keep going down that because that could be a completely different conversation. <clears throat> yeah, podcast. But um, Zeb, that guy that I mentioned, he would be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's an interesting character. Somebody who's, who's fun to talk to about this uh, this type of thing. I'm under. I, it's I'm under the impression that um, Mike Bledsoe named barbell shrugged after this book atlas mm. atlas shrugged he's referenced it that might be I th i'm pretty sure that's accurate and as i'm reading through it i want to be able to like like some there's some moments where i want to scream mm. <laughs> um oh now i remember the thought so we were talking about facebook <laughs> yeah right and there's there's different types of people there's people that want to bring you down and they want to follow the rules right mm. yeah so there was this one part of the book where they um the the government put in put in a new um law um something around like equal opportunity or um you can only sell your goods and services you have to you can't deny people sale of goods and services. Like if someone wanted to buy something from you, you can't say no, right? There was that, there was like a, a law that was put into place and it was to restrict um, this big capitalist uh, steel manufacturer, 
right? Who was dominating the market because he had like the best product. And uh, they put this law into place. And then, you know, there was one guy complaining because so many things, uh, because the, the, that steel manufacturer didn't want to follow the rules. He denied selling to someone. And someone's complaining, uh, well, you don't deserve that, right? Who are you to have the, the freedom of choice <laughs> when we should all, you know, this is the way to live. It's not fair. I'm entitled, you know, we're entitled to, to our uh, fair share, like things like that. And the things that came to mind is like the, um, those people on Facebook that are just there to complain. The victims. The victim, people dreaded with the victim mentality, for sure. <laughs> I, I encourage everybody to read Man's <laughs> Search for Meaning. Oh, yeah. By Viktor Frankl. What did that teach you, man? A lot. What was your that, take? Man, that, I believe every single human being should read that book. Yeah. I believe that book should be taught in schools. Uh, perspective is what that book taught me. Mm perspective 100 uh every time now that i am in a seemingly negative situation i can usually very quickly now catch myself and reframe it like okay this actually is not that bad like mm -hmm. i am living a fantastic life i have a fucking iphone 13 pro max which is more than like the household income of some, yeah. you know, some family in Uganda or, you know, whatever. And they're living happy lives, you know, with yeah. the, in Western society, the nothing that they have when in reality, happiness and joy and fulfillment is it like, is everything like we, we have everything that we need. It's inside of here. That doesn't mean that I can't enjoy a weird looking sweater. <laughs> like that right but, <laughs> so it, that doesn't mean that i look for fulfillment yeah in that though right like having this didn't make it doesn't make me any more fulfilled it's just like a cool thing to have yeah. so many people are looking for happiness and fulfillment in external mm. people relationships and i've been guilty of this recently myself and external things you can, I mean, yeah, you can on, experience, but... you can experience joy in something without relying on it for fulfillment. And like I think if I didn't have like a lot of the stuff behind me is important to me. And I think it's cool. I'm very kind of eclectic and, you know, weird like that. But if I didn't have any of this stuff here, I would be totally fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the detachment from it. It's cool to have. I don't need it to be happy or fulfilled. It's been a while since I've read that book, man, Man's Search for Meaning. And I, I have been meaning to re, revisit it. It's been a couple of years. I remember um, when he was describing being in the camps, um, how there was still a hierarchy uh, among the prisoners. There was still, uh, you know, people still wanted to feel People still wanted to feel better than others, even though they were prisoners. And then there was a natural like separation between um, the prisoners and the, the guards. 
simply because they were on one side of a gun. And I remember having a, a thought, a pretty deep philosophical thought about, you know, what, you know, you give someone power, you give someone an, uh, a little nudge in one direction, you know, how far are they going to take it? And I wonder, I wonder oftentimes in this, I'm, I'm sure you and I can have this discussion. Some people may have a hard time to talking about this, but um you know, in that era, do you think there was a moment where uh, they'd taken it too far, knew it and kept going because, well, you can't turn back, right? Once you've invested so much, you know, how do you, how do you go back from what you said or what you started? And, you know, that World War II came about or that whole, uh, the extermination of a race came about because, you know, it, you're just naturally going to keep taking it to another level or seeing what uh, one person can, can handle, right? <laughs> Human beings are resilient. <laughs> I know that if you can live in those conditions that Victor Frankl and the rest of the, yeah. the Jews in the concentration camps were living in, you can survive that somebody forgot to put, fucking cream in your coffee like i promise you'll be okay yeah so yeah you'll realize you'll realize things aren't as aren't as bad as they seem or as sad like it's it's definitely addictive though people like to to think that way yeah because once you experience that level of entitlement and and then it gets taken away from you then you're like whoa this is different than normal. I'm supposed to have this thing. Yeah. And so I think about this sometimes, like <clears throat> I look outside and like, I see our dogs and our dogs are just laying down on this concrete and mm -hmm. like, just totally happy, loving life. And it's like, what if a, a human was doing that? Like being able to get good sleep on the concrete, or like take a nap on the concrete and just be outside and, just be happy all the time because they're dogs. And it's like, I wonder if there's like these, these pampered dogs, like uh, in Orange County, like, you know, the girls that carry around these little dogs in their yeah. purse and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if you were to take them and put them in like a normal dog environment, if they would be depressed. And it's the same thing with humans. Like you give humans a certain mm -hmm. level of comfort and mm -hmm. entitlement, like thinking that they're owed these things becomes their baseline exactly right? and then like one little thing is taken away and it's like all hell breaks loose it's like the wor yeah. their world is burning down because that's what they were used to but then you take yeah. somebody who survived the holocaust you can't take anything else away from that person right they've had everything taken away from them right so i think about that sometimes like because happiness is a choice it's literally mm -hmm. all in our head it's what we think about external circumstances is what we how we perceive somebody's response to us nothing is either good or bad thinking makes it so That's the environment plays the plays the biggest role then it, it plays a huge role it plays a big role your yeah. your thoughts play it the sets, biggest role. it sets the yes yes your thoughts do but you have to have the awareness first 
Mm -hmm. the, this, the realization that that's true, right? That your, that your environment plays a role. Um, and it is because of your environment or your uh, upbringing or your stories, your traumas, right? It shapes uh, your experience. And then yeah. you, can, you can detach from that when you, when you recognize it and you yes. recognize what role it plays. Your, your past experiences and current knowledge dictate your unconscious pattern experience. And yeah, your unconscious patterns. Yeah. Once you can become conscious of it and observe your thoughts, then you can, then you're 100% responsible for mm -hmm. everything in your life and how you respond to situations. Then you can actively create how you want to feel, how you want to mm -hmm. live. But so many people are unconscious. So they're blaming their ex for them being yeah. depressed right now. They're blaming these past, you know, failures and traumatic events for the way that they feel right now, because mm -hmm. they're unconscious of the fact that they can separate themselves, that they are not yeah. their past. They are not their stories. So until mm -hmm. they can start to observe them objectively and, you know, like using the unlifted mm -hmm. method, maybe yeah. take some few words out, make a few tweaks here and there. Yeah. And just separate themselves from that. I find, well, the story work method works really well in getting into the weeds of it. Right. And uh, what, what, what helps too is breathing. <laughs> um, well, knowing like how the story work works um, with the shifting of your nervous system and how uh, this, you know, how the stories in your head are so directly tied to your nervous system, right? If you can regulate that, you know, in certain environments, the story will change. Um, Works extremely well. Your, your, your body, though, and this is an interesting thing, um, is a copy of it was of what it was yesterday. Um, or your every, every day, it, it keeps compounding. So in a lot of ways, you are your stories, but not in the way you think. You are your experiences, not your the story you put to it. Mm -hmm. So you are a copy of um, every single thing that you've ever done. And that plays out, right? Automatically, right? We do things by um, most things are done subconsciously. Autopilot. Right. If, if, we, if everything was conscious, we'd, we'd have a really hard time. Like, to be honest, there's so many little things that need to happen, right? Little micro movements and functions of our body and our brain that are, um, you know, we, we can't control all that stuff at once, right? So your body has the mechanism of learned behaviors. And when I talk about the victim mentality to people, um, at first, sometimes people take it personally, mm -hmm. right? hence the victim mentality right mm -hmm. and then but but when you recognize that it depends on habitual responses right it's dependent on uh how you've reacted poorly in the past then you realize well now i can change it because you have the choice you can actually change your your response to things that's it man beautiful we've made a we've we've bounced around the world in this conversation. I love it, man. It's always good talking to you. 
It's fun. Um, and the listeners are in for a treat because we got some good audio from our last recording. Okay. Good. And, some uh, of it was able to be scavenged. And then, yeah, the first half. And then for some reason, as I'm playing through the recording, um, the, you started to sound like a robot. It was like uh, slow motion. It was really fun. Hmm. Uh, and I tried to manipulate the speed thinking I could tune it up just right. And it didn't work. <laughs> uh it's weird work. yeah but but it was all good yeah you told a good story about how you broke <laughs> your ankle um how you were a raging alcoholic all these good yeah things. i wouldn't call it raging alcoholic <laughs> you you like to rage you like to party and you like to drink yeah 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 <laughs> you know, a lot's a lot's changed man <laughs> indeed and continues to so what are you excited for I'm excited to continue experiencing what my thoughts can create. Um, yeah, I, I manifested something seemingly negative yesterday. And I was like, wow, okay, if I manifested that because I couldn't get this negative thought out of my head. And sure enough, it happened. And then I realized, and this is, so I did the four-step process immediately after the fact, because as soon as I saw this thing, instant stress yeah. response, cortisol, like just holy shit. And then I mm. uh, did the four-step process, was able to breathe, yeah. calm down. And then I realized, okay, if I manifested that, I can now manifest positive things. Mm. And so keeping my focus on positive things, I'm excited to continue experiencing that. Um, meditation has been helping tremendously. I do Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation in the morning and before bed. Uh, so that's number one. And then number two is the launch of my group program that I have been diligently working on. Can you for. talk about it? Because been yeah. somewhat of a secret. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Well, it's not, it's not ready yet. It's not released yet. So the depending on when this podcast comes out, yeah. Um, right now, only the wait list is live and there really haven't been any announcements on it. It's like, if you're interested in like what I'm doing and yeah. uh, based on what you've seen so far might want some coaching here, sign up for the wait list. You get a bunch of free bonuses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, a three month, uh, coaching program, high performance coaching for men specifically. Uh, and we take you through the eight pillars of optimized living. So starting with mindset. And then moving on to uh, vision and brain health, sleep, communication, and relationships, nutrition, exercise, and biohacking. Mm -hmm. And each week we give you through, you know, take you through one of the modules, hop on a group call, answer any questions you got. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hired a design team to completely remodel everything. It's all updated information. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That's exciting, man. Do you have an idea of when it will launch? Yeah, it's, it's going to go live. Uh, like we're starting July 18th. Okay. Yeah. So this will be out before that. Yeah. Cool. So it depends on when it's released. Uh, maybe the waitlist is still live, which mm. if you're listening to this, definitely get on the waitlist because you get a, a bunch of free goodies. If you're interested, even yeah. if you're not interested in doing the coaching, 
get on the wait list because I'm giving away my morning and evening ritual video course, which normally I charge like $97 for. You just get it for free. Yeah. Putting in your email. So even if you don't want coaching. Where would people uh, be able to sign up for that? Would, would it like your Instagram be the best place to start? Uh, yeah. Well, the link is in my bio yeah. on Instagram, which is uh, captain underscore Taylor underscore Morgan. Or if you don't have Instagram, the yeah. captainslifestyle.com slash waitlist. Easy, easy, mm-hmm. man. And you're going to Montana next week. Yeah. Uh, the 22nd. Well, that's exciting, man. What's, yeah, what's that? What, what are you expecting out of that? Other than, <sighs> other than meeting, meeting people and making friends. Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of great connections with other yeah. high-performing entrepreneurs. But what I'm most looking forward to is complete disconnection yeah. from internet. You know, <laughs> I'm going to bring my phone, you know, to take pictures, but I'm like, it's going to be on airplane mode the whole time. I, I don't even have cell phone service. So even if I wanted to, you know, text somebody, I couldn't because I yeah. don't, I don't use cell phone service. So that's what I'm most looking forward to is complete disconnect from technology, immerse myself in nature ground get in natural cold bodies of water oh that is home that sounds awesome where do you know where in montana you're gonna be flying into bozeman yeah uh airport and i don't know where from there i know wherever we're going it's like a 10 mile 10 12 mile hike up to like base camp where we're setting up so yeah out in the fucking mountains like this yeah. is not some like glamping city slicker type thing. This is we're we're going out there. I like it. I want to we're going to have to get on another do another recording and talk about that alone because. Oh, yeah. After you, after you, you learn a lot from from experiences like that, man. You really uh, things things can happen and things can go wrong. And, yeah, they and sometimes us on bears <laughs> and moose yeah. like people don't know how big moose what's the plural of moose it's moose (laughs) meese (laughs) people don't know how big meese are yeah (laughs) yeah moose yeah they're fucking gigantic they are yeah they're like the size of cars it's crazy trucks big long legs when i was people uh... get killed by (laughs) moose than bears i think yeah i think that's a fact they trample them like moose moose will trample you they'll charge at you i remember um Last time I was in, I was skiing in Colorado. We were just driving around the town of Breckenridge and there's a moose eating out of a dumpster um, behind a restaurant. I got it. I have this on video because it was like, I had to stop the car and just stare at it and take a video. Obviously it's like this massive thing. You never, I never see that in New York city. Right. Um, There's a lot of deer here, but like, you know, a normal deer, is you know mm-hmm. the, it can come up to eye level but this you know this is three times that sometimes you know they're, they're massive creatures scary as hell beautiful thanks for joining me again i appreciate it round two this this time the audio is going to be fucking mint yes <laughs> we did it let's pray and i'm looking forward to uh to talking again man this is good absolutely thanks for having me on Thanks for listening to another episode of Fit for Adventure. This recording.
recording this conversation with, with my friend Taylor was so much fun. And funny enough, we actually recorded twice. The first time, um, I planned poorly. And so the audio <laughs> didn't come out so well. So what I did was I decided to add it into this episode as bonus content. So if you listen, after I stop talking, the second half of this show is going to start and uh, and we get up to the point where the audio really got sketchy and then I cut it off. So enjoy that. It was fun. There's some, some extra bonus stories in there from Taylor that you might love or uh, laugh at either or both. And I want to remind you that Fit for Adventure is happening in just a couple of days and it's not too late for you to get signed up. You can, uh, you can sign up today. You can sign up um, as soon as possible because I've got two spots that I want to fill for Fit for Adventure. It's a weekend in the mountains of Colorado, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And we happen to, go, to be going at a time of the year where there's wildflowers growing up at high, at high elevation. It is so beautiful and it is going to be an epic experience with other entrepreneurs and, and creatives just like you who want to challenge themselves and want to put themselves out there. So we're going to be doing some hiking on a, on a 14er that's a 14,000 foot mountain and we're going to be doing some mountain biking be amazing of course some deep dive into the life of an entrepreneur too and you're gonna walk away with some insight and definitely some memories unforgettable experiences and lifelong friendships and I invite you onto this 100% it is going to be so awesome and I want you there so find us at mysummit.academy Click the link to apply, get yourself in, or find me on Instagram and shoot me a DM. That's Matt underscore G32. It's really simple. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of this episode and the bonus material we've got for you. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, fuck, man. I love your shirt. And what are you, what are you drinking out of right now? This is my new decanter okay. that I found at, at Ladies a Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Taylor Morgan has a decanter <laughs> with, a, with a pirate ship on it. Yes, indeed. Got to stay on brand. I love it, dude. And what do you got there? Is that a cider? I am. Uh, so I am actually sitting in the, the yard space at the Captain Lawrence Brewery near Yonkers, New York. Uh, and... The, the waitress brought me beer. Ah, what a sweet gal. Where's my yeah, waitress? I, you gotta get, you gotta, you gotta get one, man. I didn't ask for it. She just kept bringing me. She brought me samples. If only Martha oh, was man. more alive. Yeah, is that? That would be what nice. Is, what, tell me about that. That's, that's that Martha. Doing? That's um, who she actually is, is Aphrodite. Or uh, uh, what's the other 
name for her. It's like the the goddess of love, I think. Mm. And I found her in Huntington Beach at a uh, like a little flea market type thing they were having. They were closing up, and I I saw her, and I was like, I need that. And I went up to the guy, and I was like, Hey, how much for that? And he's like, Twenty bucks, because they were packing everything up. He didn't want to he didn't want to have to pack anything else. And so I was like, Done, sold. But the stand too. Actually, that's great. One of my prized possessions. I like it. I bet you have a lot of prized possessions. <laughs> uh, did you did you uh and not to sound like your mother but did you remember to take your nootropics today no so i'm actually taking this whole week off of nootropics because really? yeah last week i went hard on nootropics because as you know got a bunch of stuff going on prepping for this launch and uh <clears throat> i think i overdid it on a lot of things i overdid the nootropics i overdid um like trying to see how little sleep I could get while still staying productive. I overdid um, just stress on myself. And so this week I'm doing a complete detox of everything. No alcohol, no gluten, no smoking, no stimulants, no caffeine, no nicotine, no nootropics, no uh, masturbating, like nothing. So it's, it's been good. Yeah. And, and, I'm, I'd like to stay on that topic for a second because you're, you're a, a huge proponent of uh, we can call biohacking, doing, doing, what, doing what you can to optimize your performance and your health as, a, as an entrepreneur and, and, uh, and a, a human. And, uh, and I've been thinking on this lately, uh, you know, is there a line, a fine line between too much and, uh, you know, doing an, an optimal, right? It, it must be a really fine line. And I, I imagine you found it. You discovered that line. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've discovered it. And I don't know if it is a singular discovery because mm-hmm. my daily routine and like the things that I implement are changing constantly. Now, granted, the I guess the intent behind certain things is still there, um, but the modality can change. You know, like whether you do red light therapy or watch the sunrise or ground or earth or like all these things are good and it's just finding the right combination. And I have yet to find the absolute perfect combination. And uh, I think I will always be searching for that. But yes, how would you how would you measure it, though? Like, how would you measure uh, the right combination? I I imagine it would I guess it would be really uh, subjective. Like, yeah, it's an individual feeling. Yeah. Like my perfect routine is not going to be your perfect routine. Right. And so it's just playing around with what works for you, what makes you feel good. And yeah, people absolutely overdo it, especially in the biohacking community. Like they think that they have to use all these techie devices to, you know, help them fall asleep or help them meditate or help them get into flow state, which all of which can be beneficial at times. But if you're relying on that, that's, going a little overboard i've been i've been experimenting lately with different like you say different modalities um and supplements and what i found what i found to be the most helpful for me is is the med- is meditation to be, being able to tune in to how i feel like my body um, and then the natural stuff like you had mentioned like watching the sunrise and the sunset and 
and, and getting the optimal amount of sleep and uh, limiting technology. Like those have been the, the simplest things. And then once in a while, I'll take my, my alpha brain and see what happens. Yep. There you go. Speaking of the, the limiting of the technology, that's kind of what sparked this yeah. detox that I'm doing this week is because I found myself spending too much time on social media. Granted, a lot of it was productive time because as you said in your story, which I freaking loved, I am now <laughs> an quote unquote influencer, even though I hate that word. Right. And I, I do want to talk on that story. That's, Dude, I got to be funny. honest, man. When I posted that on my story. You you made that post before. I just saw it. Yeah. And dude, I got like a dozen followers. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And and it's just hilarious because that's how the that's how the, the Instagram world works is, is people will literally do what you say when you have that level of influence. Yeah. And going back to what I was originally saying that that's yeah. what kind of sparked this detox of, I found myself spending too much time on social media, a lot of it productive time, but a lot of it was distraction. A lot of it was just mindless scrolling. And I, I said, okay, I'm done. I'm tuning into my higher self. I am getting this program launch finalized, which we can also talk about, but then going really? back to the yeah. word influencer, I don't like that word. Um, just because <laughs> there's so much of a negative connotation around it with other like I guess mainstream influencers who will just take sponsorship simply for the money and they don't actually use or believe in the product or yeah. you know they just promote whatever the hell they're getting paid to promote and I don't like that at all influencer is is a buzzword and 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 I, I want to talk about leadership today too because that's uh, that's a, a basis of my uh, my business, my company, and this uh, this podcast, of course, and and I can definitely recognize you in as as that as a leader, because while leader leaders have influence, like that's a very obvious thing, and and the, the way that I define leadership is it, it's an art, and it's the art of influencing a group of people toward a common goal. So that is exactly what you, you're doing, and and from getting to know you and that time that we spent together and, and every like, and, and watching you uh, even on just social media since then, you live this. And this is what you, what you're trying to do. What you're trying to um, create for yourself and your future. And, and people are, happen to be following you because you share it, you share it with them. Yeah. I like to switch out the word influencer for, um, or at least the word influence for inspiration. Okay. So I, I've thought about that quite a bit. Um, well, yeah, we could get into the semantics of it. It's like relatively the same thing, but I think inspire and inspirational yeah. holds a more positive connotation. You're an inspirer. You're an Instagram inspirer. Yeah. And, and that's actually one of my core values. And it's so cool because I, I get messages uh, often of people saying, Hey, thank you so much. You inspired me to dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, okay, that just validates that I'm living out my purpose. That's going to be, I'm going to put that on a t-shirt and send it to you. Instagram inspirer. <laughs> yeah, there and, you uh, go. I, I can feel that too, man. And uh, 
I've gotten those messages before as well, simply from like little things that I share or, you know, we're both coaches in, in a lot of ways. We, we have businesses. We also coach people. Uh, a lot of what we do leads to inspiration or, and even if it's not intentional, it's like you inspired me to do this thing. I wasn't really trying. That to me shows that a lot of like qualities of, of good leadership. And I want to, I want to touch on that subject. Um, and, and I really enjoy um, on this podcast, getting to know people's stories. And you have a lot of things, uh, things you've done in your life that I, I still have uh, not asked about. And I would like to, I would like to learn as much as I can about you today, man. And, uh, and you were in the before, military. Before we get into right? that, can I say one more thing on uh, yeah, go inspiration? For it. So, yes. This just came to me. This just came to me. Influence well, in my mind. So we all remember it. Yeah. Influence in my mind, at, at least, kind of more implies that somebody else gave you the idea and you're just doing it because somebody else is doing it. Whereas inspire means that you may have seen the idea and you're not doing it because you saw the idea. You're doing it because you actually want to embody that. You actually want to be doing that thing. So that's kind of in my mind where I go between influence and inspiration. I love that. I love that that differentiation that you make between it. And it's so, uh, it makes it really uh, authentic when, when, when you think that way. And I, and. The question that I have, and I, I was going to ask who's been the most influential person uh, on your life when you were growing up, but who's been the most inspiring person for you? I guess it, it's like, what age are we talking about? Because um, definitely my dad, when I was growing up, like little kid, uh, for sure, my dad. And then now throughout my health and lifestyle optimization journey i would say ben bergeron uh absolutely was the one who kicked it off because i was big into crossfit i was a crossfit coach for like five years and so i was listening to his podcast chasing excellence i heard like the first 20 episodes i don't know probably two three times read his book is big into mindset like one of the only crossfit coaches who was uh dialing in mindset and character as a way to become a better athlete as opposed to just working out more effectively so that really resonated with me so definitely Ben Bergeron and then from there guys like Ben Greenfield and now I would say it's probably primarily like Aubrey Marcus type characters yeah so you've had you've gone through a lot of different stages in your life I imagine from uh, you know growing up and entering into the military as, as a Marine and, and coaching CrossFit and now influencing um, <laughs> and drinking your decanter. <laughs> uh, tell me about your dad, man. Like what, what, what about him felt so inspiring for you and how did you, uh, how did you grow from that? Yeah. Well, he, was a professional baseball player uh, never made it to the major leagues but he he played professionally um and i of course thought that was so freaking cool because growing up it was either become a baseball player or join the military uh and so 
looking back, I absolutely did not take full advantage of my dad being a baseball player. I could have absolutely practiced more, you know, asked him questions. Uh, I basically had a personal baseball coach that I could have utilized to actually be a good baseball player, but instead I just kind of skated by, unfortunately. And that's, that's one of the things that I've noticed about him as I've continued to grow up is that he, he could have been the type of dad who was like, you know, because he was a, a professional ball player and he didn't quite make it to the majors, he could have been the type of dad who like kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me to get to the majors, right? Even though that may not have been what I wanted. Instead, he was the exact opposite. Like he supported me in whatever I want to do and still does. And so that's, that's one of the things that I take away from him. That's such a uh, admirable trait in parenthood. And I'm a dad, you know, I have a very young, very, very young son. And every single thing I, I think about, every time I think about how I envision his future, I think about how I envision like, my relationship our relationship obviously and and the point that you just made is that you know regardless of what I do in my life and my passions and my um, aspirations and everything I want to do it's I can push and I can support and I can coach and I can guide him and and ultimately it's up to him and and even looking at my my relationship with my father you know he 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 did his thing and allowed me to 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 grow and allowed me to learn and develop in in whatever capacity I wanted and that was so valuable man that's that that gave that showed me like you know what it really meant to to guide people and to lead people and and allow them to fulfill their potential you know yeah like I remember one instance, because um, when I was in high school, I was small. I was, um, well, my senior year, I was probably like six foot, but my junior year, I was probably about five, nine and uh, maybe 165. Uh, Dude, that's me uh, right now. That's literally <laughs> not- <laughs> Well, <laughs> but I mean, I, I was skinny, like I didn't have muscle mass. Um, and I played football my freshman and sophomore year, and I didn't want to play my junior year because I felt that I was too small. And my dad strongly encouraged me to play. But then ultimately, when I made the decision that I didn't want to, uh, to continue, he was okay with it. Like he, there was no resentment or anything. There was no like, kind of, um, what would you call that? Like uh, passive aggressive comments or anything like he absolutely supported my decision. So little things like that, like who knows how it could have turned out if he was like, no, you're going to play football or dot, 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 whatever. So yeah, support as a parent is, I think, incredibly, incredibly valuable. Yeah, regardless of what you want for yourself. I, I find that, um, sometimes working with clients when I'm coaching that comes up um, I want so much for them and I, I can see potential and I'm just waiting for them to 
realize it themselves. And then also I have to check myself and check my ego and, and recognize that, hey, it's not about me. Yes, they want my wisdom and experience and uh, they, they, they are obviously looking for help, but it's not about what I want for them. It's what they want for themselves. And, and I had that discussion yesterday with someone um, about coaching and, and how, you know, we work, I've worked really hard in over the years to learn and get so much knowledge and become a great coach um, in all different aspects, whether it's fitness, nutrition, and mindset stuff. And, and ultimately, none of that matters. It's, it's a matter of whether or not I could get someone to say what they need to say or, um, you know, ask the right question. So that, that someone, the, the right question that someone needs to hear at the right time. And then, you know, regardless of what the answer is, like they heard it and now they're going to take action. I've even yeah. found myself saying in, in coaching calls lately, like when, when clients say, does that, does that sound good? What do you think? I'm like, it doesn't matter. You said it. And now, now you're going to go, now you're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. The fact that you're thinking about it is what really matters now. And the fact that you're taking action, whereas before you weren't, before you were stuck, before you were uh, lost. And, and if I helped you in any way to, to get unstuck, well, then I did my job. Parenthood, leadership, coaching, it's all the same. It's wild. Yeah. What led, what led to you um, joining the military? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well... Like I said, I didn't take full advantage of my dad being a, a ball player. So I kind of slacked off in baseball. I was average player. So going further was never a real option. Uh, so then my second choice, I decided my junior year that I was going to join the Marine Corps. I did a review of which branches were best. Obviously, I was going to join the best of the best. So I joined the Marine Corps. Um and why I did that was <clears throat> primarily because I didn't want anybody else's kids to have to go off and fight and die for my freedom, something that I could do for myself. That was absolutely the primary uh, driving factor behind it, uh, especially after 9-11. Um, and... So luckily, I never deployed to a combat zone. So I, I never had to experience that because war is terrible, even though that is why I joined. Looking back now, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't get to see humanity at its worst. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's why I joined is because I knew that I could, uh, I could serve other people. I'm, I'm a protector, always have been, always will be. I'm a protector and a giver and just the modality or the, how I choose to give and serve has changed throughout the years. So it started with the Marine Corps. So you, so you really knew already that your purpose was to help. That never crossed my mind at the time. It was just um, natural. Yeah. 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 So yeah, looking back now, I, my purpose has always been 
to help and to serve and to protect others. Now it just looks a little bit different. Yeah. When, when you did serve, and, and I imagine you did a couple of years, four, four years. Yep. Four military. was plenty. Yeah, four was plenty. Yeah. It was a rough time, man. The last, 10, the last decade... The last decade was confusing. Mm. Dude, the last life life is confusing, and uh, I imagine from from a militaristic perspective, regardless of your political views, uh, you you felt some conflict with that with military or with what you were doing at some point. Did you get to Did you get to go overseas? What oh, was yeah. your What was your life? Yeah, so I, I deployed to Okinawa, Japan. It's a small okay. island off the coast, yeah. uh, and uh, Korea, and South Korea. And then I broke my ankle before my next deployment, which there's a whole crazy story behind that. Uh, and that was the first turning point to me going down this path of holistic living. Were you finding a, you were looking for a, a way to maintain your, uh, your mobility and your health so you could, so you can continue or were you, were you at that point, like checking out of the military? What was, what, what happened? What's that yeah. story? <laughs> um, you said it, you said it's, it's a story in itself. What's that story? I'm curious. Yeah, that's, it is a crazy story. Um, so this was at a point in my life when I was a heavy drinker, as most Marines are. Um, <laughs> I've heard that. It, yeah, it's bad. Uh, very frequently would I drive back to base drunk. You know, some some nights I would wake up in my car, not even remembering how I got back on base. And on a military base, like when you go on, you have to give them your ID. They have to check it, make sure you're coherent and like not passed out drunk and so i don't know how i did it almost every single weekend but i did um at the time i kind of prided myself off of being a, a good drunk driver which is a horrible thing i do not condone that anyways uh this night was at um yeah <laughs> this night was at uh a party and i was drunk as always and then this was the first time that i um was what I later learned is called crossfaded when you're high and drunk. And I had not smoked at all before. So this is the first time doing anything like this. So I was already blacked out drunk. I took some hits from my friend's weed pen. And of course I kept taking more because like, I don't feel it. And so I was super high, super drunk. And it was like 2 a.m. and people are starting to leave. And I tried to grab my keys and leave. And thankfully my friend, stopped me or tried to stop me um and but i snuck down past her uh, grabbed my keys off the counter walked out the front door no shoes on which i didn't know and proceeded to walk about a mile back to my car and for some reason the idea pops into my head that hey i would really like to climb these houses right now so we're in a nice beach town community literally right on the coast in san clemente california these very nice vacation rentals um and i wanted to climb them so that's what i did with no shoes i started to climb up the sides of these houses 
And uh, I came to this one house where their bathroom window was open. So naturally, in the state that I was in, I opened the window, went in their bathroom and proceeded to explore their house at like 2.30 in the morning, right? So uh, I made it into what looked like a girl's room. It was empty. The light was on. Uh, and then I noticed like an, another like upper kind of, oh, I, I skipped the part where I encountered the dog. So as I'm going into the girl's room, I look to my right and up the staircase, there's a dog sitting on the top of the stairs. Worst guard dog ever because it didn't bark, it didn't do anything. I just, so I just closed the door and kept walking. <laughs> and uh, so I got into this girl's room and um, then there was like another room. And so I went in there and this is where she was sleeping. And I, at this point, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Here I am looking over this late teen, if I had to guess, she was somewhere around, I don't know, 18, 19, sleeping in her bed. And I, what do I do now? So I just kind of froze. And then she woke up. She must have felt my presence because I didn't make a sound. She was like, who are you? I was like, I'm Taylor. You made sounds, man. You don't know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? This is my, this is my messed up memory. So who yeah. knows? Um, you were but yeah, I was like, loud as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> crashing everything. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm Taylor. We, we met at a party. She's like, nope, I didn't go to any parties. Uh, I'm going to call the cops. I was like, nope, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll just leave. So that's what I did. Uh, went back out the way I came, hopped down their bathroom window onto the street and started booking it back to my car. And then I, I made it, I don't know, quarter, quarter mile. And then I was like, you know what? That was really weird. I'm going to go back to apologize, but I'm going to do it via rooftop naturally. Right. So now I climbed up to the roofs of these beach houses <laughs> and was jumping from rooftop to rooftop back to apologize to this girl. And like when I landed on the other side, you know, shingles breaking and sliding down and causing a ruckus, people inside probably thought it was, I don't know, it was like a meter shower or something. And uh, so I came to this one gap that was pretty substantial, but in the drunk high state that I was in, I thought I was literally living a dream. So I was like, fuck it, we're going to jump. And so I made the jump to the other side. But when I landed, there was this loud pop. And that's what sobered me up. I was like, okay, I just did something to my ankle. Uh, it's time to stop this little game that we're playing. So I lowered myself down into their backyard, hobbled the rest of the way back to my car past the security guard who had no business being a security guard at all. There's this drunk guy with no shoes on hobbling. Like you should probably ask him some questions, but he didn't. He just let me, let me on by. And then uh, passed out in my car, woke up around 7 a.m., drove back to base with my left foot and uh, went to the hospital a few days later after my mom pressured me because I wasn't going to go. Um, and sure enough, it was broken. So there you have it. That, that is how I broke my ankle. And that was the major catalyst in me completely changing my life trajectory. After that, I stopped drinking. 
for almost two years, started reading, listening to podcasts, you know, going to the gym even more, learning everything I could about lifestyle optimization. I have so many questions for you, Terry Morgan. <laughs> I told you it was a, it was a crazy story. <laughs> it's a great story. It's a lot. It was a, it was a great story. Um, well, first, and, I, and this is for the audience to know, um, my experience with you, we were hanging out and, uh, you know, we were at the, the Strong Coach Summit. We're in Austin, Texas. And I, I honestly, very honestly, don't remember you at any point wearing shoes or a shirt. <laughs> no. So the fact that you were shoeless in this story was, you know, it made sense to me. <laughs> at the time, I did different not know reasons, about yeah, different grounding reasons. or, yeah. Yeah. You were already grounding before it was cool. <laughs> did you ever, did you get to say sorry to that girl? That was the no, question. no. I, I still I still think about it every time I drive by. <laughs> I I'm I'm trying to look for the house, and of course I can't remember it because I was fucking plastered. Like yeah, I, so I don't remember. <laughs> Man, if she, there's gonna be a story we hear one day. This guy crashed into my house he was hammered and smelled like weed and beer and oh man it's terrible <laughs> yeah i would i would love to <laughs> to connect with her one day i mean we'll, we'll make it happen like yeah well now that you're there, an influencer it, i'm sure you could find her oh god <laughs> you got your way <laughs> yeah man oh man <laughs> uh, you learned a lot from that though that, that, that train changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah. What, what, what's been the biggest lesson that you've instilled in yourself or that you've like really taken ownership over, uh, over since then? Not being a piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. um, well. just, just being, overall mindful i guess because not that alcohol or weed or um or staying up late partying not that any of those are inherently bad but if you overdo it like i was doing every single weekend and then something like that happens that's a pretty clear sign that something's wrong and unfortunately most of the time people have to get hit with that huge wake-up call before they finally see what they're doing to themselves and to other people. So I'm sure there were moments where I had gotten the little tickle from the feather saying, Hey, you might want to look into this. You might want to change this. Then I'm sure I had gotten hit by the brick. I was like, Hey, motherfucker, you should probably do something about this. Uh, and of course I didn't listen. And it took me getting hit by the semi truck, breaking my ankle and breaking into this girl's room until I finally realized that I need to change because I did not like where where the path I was on was leading me it does take that man it, it takes it takes the, the highs to get to the lows right and and what I've noticed is regardless of what you're doing whether it's inherently good or bad when you're consistent with something you feel like it's a high so you consistently drinking, you being in the military, you wearing the, the uniform. And I, I, I imagine you felt on top of the world 
Oh yeah. And, I, and then, and then something came up, right. Some, some low happened. Yeah. That's why I caution all the girls out there to, to be careful when you're talking to a Marine or anybody in the military for that matter, especially now, Marines, especially Marines for sure. Of course, there's good guys out there who are in the Marine Corps. I just say proceed with caution because I was an absolute piece of shit when I was in the Marine Corps. Like I did not have feelings, uh, which is weird to say, but I literally did not have feelings unless it related to either other service members dying or animals or the environment. Like those have always been my soft points. But yeah. Your that, favorite. Can I have one of those? Absolutely. Yes. Did you like it? I loved it. Nice. That was so good. Thank you. Nice. It was Matthew. Matthew. Gallo, right? Mm-hmm. Maddie G. C. Taylor Morgan. I have a waitress, <laughs> and you have a decanter. <laughs> hey, I, I love it. I'm, I dig it. 